Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast, episode 232, today with Coach Scott Bracco. Coach Scott Bracco is entering his ninth year as head boys basketball coach at Lambert High School. Coach Bracco has put Lambert basketball on the map with a career record of 177 and 55 in his eight years at the helm. In 2015 and 16, Coach Bracco led the Longhorns to a record-setting season with a 27-3 overall record and an undefeated region record of 21-0 with a third consecutive Sweet 16 finish in Class 6A. In addition, the Longhorns captured the Region 6A regular season and back-to-back 6A region championship. The Longhorns were ranked in the top 10 throughout the entire season. The Longhorns were recognized as the Forsyth County Tip-Off Club Team of the Year for the fourth consecutive year. Navy signee Connor Mannion was named All-State Region 6A and Forsyth County Player of the Year. Ross Morkum, Andrew Milms, and Austin Deckard were also honored for All-Region and All-County. Coach Bracco was recognized as a Region 6A Coach of the Year and named the Forsyth County Tip-Off Club Coach of the Year for the fourth consecutive year. Coach Bracco guided his Dunwoody High School basketball teams to four Final Fours, four region championships, and captured back-to-back state championships in 2005-2006. Coach Bracco has helped place over 50 players to the collegiate level and coach a McDonald's All-American and Chris Singleton, Florida State and Washington Wizards, and Anwan Wilderness, Charlotte. Three times Georgia Player of the Year. Coach Bracco has developed eight All-State selections. He currently has four players playing professionally overseas. Scott is married to Kira Bracco, and they have three beautiful children, Bryce, 12, Blake, 9, and Braden, 7. 
Coaches, I think you're going to enjoy this podcast today. We're going to talk to Scott about building a strong feeder program. Uh, being at a big 7A school, many coaches uh, need advice on how they can get down to the younger levels. He's going to talk about what he does K-12 and talk about his feeder programs going on in the fall, the winter, and the spring. I think you're really going to enjoy this podcast with Coach Scott Bracco. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, he's he's definitely lagging behind a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit of a lag right there. All right. <clears throat> welcome to the podcast, Scott. We are on episode 232 of my podcast. Um, and uh, we have I just think one of the one of the best coaches in Georgia, one of the best teachers of the game. I I just think he's one of the bright minds in our in our sport, Coach uh, Scott Bracco, formerly Macintosh legend. And currently the coach at uh, Lambert High School in Suwannee, Georgia. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, uh, before we get into it, and of course we have we have uh, my co-host, uh, Coach Pete Aycock, who always offers some great insights into the game. Matter of fact, Pete knows Scott really well. Hey, Coach Pete, uh, is it one of your is it one of your grandkids is in Scott's program? Is that correct? One of the lower levels. Yes, he is. Uh, we may have a problem, though. He's, he's little, but he's slow. So uh, we may have to go to tennis or something like that. <laughs> That's great. He, he's, doing, he's doing well. He, he loves it. He loves every second of it. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's in the blood, man. It's in the blood uh, when you're an ACOC. Uh, hey, Scott, hey, let's get right into it. Uh, you know, we kind of know, you kind of give a little background of why you became a head coach. I know I grew up with the game. I grew up around coaches. I didn't know anything else to do except go in the coaching. I went to the University of Georgia. Um, I just, I love to study the game. But how did you become a coach and what kind of transformed you into really kind of a, a great teacher of the game? Oh, man. Uh, a lot like you guys. Um, I grew up. Uh, just loving sports. My dad was out there coaching me uh, as I was a younger, younger guy growing up, playing all the sports, football, basketball, baseball, golf. And I uh, went to McIntosh High School. And, I mean, I just fell in love with, with uh, basketball. And I was able to move on to the, uh, play in college for a few years. And, but I, I got into education, education and teaching because I love sports. I'm thinking there can, there's not a better job to have if you love sports because in PE, and I, I know you work with, with uh, you know, all ages. You know, if we want to shoot hoops with the kids, shoot hoops. We want to be the pitcher or the quarterback yeah. during PE, let's do it. So that's why I chose uh, PE and education, but I love basketball. So kind of worked my way up, up the ranks, and I was lucky enough to get a head job. And I worked all the camps in the summer, um, you know, Kentucky, Alabama. I just went in the southeast and worked so many basketball camps, trying to learn and grow as a young coach. And um, became a head coach, and I was like, you know what, I've got to get better. I want to grow. So I got an opportunity to work with Greg Polinski at Georgia Southern. And, man, I thought I knew a lot about basketball. I didn't know anything until I got there. And uh, he kind of groomed me and, um, you know, 
made me a better coach and and that's where I, I really got all the organizational skills and as as young coaches we think we know everything until you get with a, a older more experienced coach and then you you sit back and go wow I really don't know a whole lot and right. then after Georgia Southern I was able to uh, uh, land up my big time job at Dunwoody High School and um, we had great success there moved on to South Gwinnett High School and then I've been nine years here at Lambert, and uh, we've had great success here. Yeah, you had a great career. I mean, um, my parents um, lived in Dunwoody for many years, so okay, uh, 20-something years. So we grew, uh, we moved from California and so forth. So uh, we live right by the high school, Scott. So we know that right. area pretty well. Right. Uh, they're no longer there, but um, – and I know um, – I know – through your experience, you've had success at every at every school, and we're going to talk about the cornerstones of your program in a second. But before we get to the to those details, talk about your Macintosh days, because my fiance Nikki, I mean, I want to talk. I want to talk real stuff here. Uh, she says you were one heck of a player, though, and um, she she always never talks about herself. But talk about Macintosh basketball back in the day. Uh, you know what? It, it, we had a great time, and, and Nick, Nikki and I were great friends. We knew we've known each other since thir we were 13 years old. Um, so, and we've seen each other over the years. You know, if I go to Georgia College camp, I'd run into her. And uh, you know, social media nowadays. Uh, so you, you've got a great girl there. She's awesome. Um, but you know, we hung out a lot at Macintosh, and you know, when I was at Macintosh, we we had a you know. She probably thought I was pretty good because our team wasn't that good, you know? Uh, after I graduated, a, a stud came through with the name of Jeff Shepard. Shepard, And then he sure. changed he changed uh, basketball forever in Peachtree City. There you go. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we had a great time, though. That, that, that was, that's Jeff Shepard country. Well, how did Jeff – I mean, he pretty much came out of nowhere pretty much, right? I mean, what – what did you know Jeff that well? Talk about kind of – you know, had his development as a player. Um, you know, I, I was a senior and Jeff was an eighth grader. So we never, never played with each other um, on the court. But, um, you know, he, he attended a lot of camps. He came to watch us play. And uh, if you asked him, he probably would say he looked up to me. And I looked up to him, you know, once he got to Kentucky and the NBA and all that. Right. Um, but, uh you know, his development was great. Uh, I can remember talking to him, working out on the playgrounds. You know, everybody plays in the gym now. But right. back then, we all worked out on the outdoor courts. Outdoor courts. And I can remember, you know, guys, him talking about Rick Pitino, you know, and, and all these guys that were recruiting him. And I was like, I'm a huge Kentucky fan. You've got to go to Kentucky and play for Rick. Uh, no doubt, man. And that was a great fit there, man. What a great athlete he was. Had a good NBA career as well. Uh, I'm not sure what he's doing now. I don't know if he might be broadcasting. I think it is possibly. Uh, but he had a great career. Talk Really quick, before you get into that, we grew up in a different time, Scott. I'm 56. We grew up uh, playing the game. Pick up whatever. Kids don't – and pick up is, is pretty much – there's a little bit, but not a lot. That's how we learn the game. What has changed since when you played and now what you do with your kid? Because everything's organized now. Right. Yeah, right. Everything's organized. And, and I was talking to one of my former players the other day, and we were just talking. About, I had a, a player 
couple years ago. Um, he was phenomenal. And I know Pete seen him. He saw him play. His name is Mitch Ganoke. Now, Mitch grew up like we did. Mitch grew up playing at, like, Lifetime Fitness outside in the gym, just playing. He, he didn't train so much. He had all the instincts that you needed on the court, uh, deflection, steals. Uh, he knew where to be. He anticipated so much. And I think that's what these guys are missing nowadays. I, I think we get in the gym and we train them so much that we're not really working on IQ um, and, you know, I think the three, if you could do three on three with your guys, that's, that's probably the best thing you can do to, to create a lot of, a lot of different, you know, you know, looks and, and just learning how to play the game. Yeah. I love that. We're going to talk, I want to kind of pick your brain on some practice ideas. Cause I really believe that I'll give you an example today, Scott, you know, we, we had a 6am workout. People are laughing at me. We're 19 and 0 and we're practicing at 6am. I love uh, it. But, um, you know, I guess it's the John Chaney in me, I guess. I don't know. But um, uh, what we're working on today, I believe in emphasis. So today, uh, we're not stopping the ball very good. I'm sure you have the same issues. We're not blessed with great athleticism. So we worked on constant. We, got two, we had two rules, stop the ball and rotate. And this constant stop the ball. And it was five on five. It wasn't, it wasn't broken down. We would stop them and teach. I, I just, that's how I teach. Now, we do a lot of breakdown drills. But I think it's important to, to teach and emphasize within what your system is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, hey, congratulations on your on your season. Number one in the in the state. That's awesome. Yeah, right now. So we, we have a long ways to go. You'll keep, you'll keep it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now I really want to talk about who are your mentors, Scott. I really appreciate the compliment though. Who are your mentors in the game? Mine, you know, you know, and mine is Gene Durden, uh, as among a lot of other people. But I have, I have great guys continually mentor me, like Coach Pete Acon. I can call him anytime. Hey, Pete, he watches every one of our games. Pete, what do you think about our defense? What do you think about this particular player and so forth? He always gives me immediate feedback. We need mentors in the game. Who are yours? I, I, you know, a lot like you guys. You know, I, I have a lot of former coaches that I played for. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, guys that I kind of idolized, uh, like, uh, like that, are, that are on the college level right now. But uh, I had a, uh, I played for two legends, a uh, guy at Faulkner State, Jack Robertson. Um, and he was an unbelievable coach. And then I played for Randy Lambert at Maryville College. And, and those two, you know, 20 years after college, you know, I, I leaned on those guys for, you know, practice ideas, philosophy. Um, and they, they really helped me out over the years. And, they, and we still maintain the friendship today um, that we had, you know, what, 30, 30 years ago. Um, and then I would also say I, I lean on my uncle. Um, he works up in Pittsburgh. And he's just a, a, a great asset to me. I call him my, my special assistant, uh, Larry Bracco. Okay. And then my dad. Uh, my dad's uh, been on my coaching staff. Wow. And a uh, great story with him. I, he was coaching at Creekside High School. And um, and he, he got into coaching after after I graduated high school. And he, he loved sports. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to drop what I'm doing and go, go into education. And uh, so he was at Creekside. And it was like 2003. And I was talking to some uh, – People at Land, I mean, at, at Dunwoody at the time, 
And they were like, hey, what can we do? What do we have to do to get over the hump, you know, to get to the final four, win the state championship? I said, I'll tell you what we need to do. We need to hire my dad. Okay. And we did. And we, you know, that year we went to final four, went 29 and Dude, won, lost really. the last game, uh, went back to back state championships. Right. And, and I would say, you know, <laughs> I've got a lot of great assistant coaches, mm -hmm. um, but sometimes as an assistant coach, you could go home after, after a loss. Mm -hmm. uh, you didn't play well. You can still go to sleep right away. Right. But, you know, my dad's it, it's, it's in his blood. It's, it's his son. You know, he's thinking the same thing I'm thinking. And, you know, so we're kind of in it together. And so he, he gives me a lot of advice and I lean on him. every day. He, he's, you know, he's in every game. He's our game management coach and he's unbelievable. So I'd have to say he's my number one mentor in the game of basketball. Now, just continuing on, uh, first of all, that's awesome. That's great. Um, and that kind of continues that, that building that relationship with your dad. And that's something that will live forever right there. And I think a lot of coaches are actually jealous of that, to have their dad with them on the bench. I love that. Um, talk about your coaching staff. I mean, it sounds like you have a game management coach. Kind of talk about that. I don't think there's enough high school coaches that give their coaches enough duties, responsibilities. Right. It's all them. Yeah, I've, I've always had a great staff. And, uh, you know, going back to my days with Greg Polinski at Georgia Southern, I try to run my practices, okay? I try to run my program like just like a college program. Mm -hmm. So when we walk out on the court, you're going to be, wow, look at that entourage. You know, they've got like eight coaches. Well, I love having a lot of coaches because of what you said about breakdown. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm breaking down like shooting drills, whatever, defensive drills. And my coaches are coaching. I'm going around like a head football coach, just making sure all these guys are on point. Um, so I've always had great staffs and great coaches. And that's, that's probably the biggest reason why I've been so successful is because I surrounded myself with great people. And just to go back to my dad, just so you know, I know he's going to listen at some point uh, to this podcast. Sure. That I've, I have fired him three times. I fired him three times. Okay. Right. He keeps coming back. Yeah, and I told right. him, wow. he thought he was part of the staff and he's sitting up there and I'm like that. I fired you last year, but he keeps coming back. So that's just a running joke with us. He's the best, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I have been, I'm, I'm just blessed to have such a great staff and guys that are loyal and committed to what I'm trying to do. And there's no coach. There's no way. You're going to have great success without a great staff. Got to have it. But, but Scott, talk to me about it's not that easy because I, I'm at a small school. Um, do you look for your staff um, as faculty or do you go outside just to help coaches who are trying to build a staff maybe for next year? Right, right. Uh, both, both. Um, I've got a few community coaches um, and you know, we're lucky to have here at Lambert, it, it, this year is the most I've ever had. I believe I have one, two, three. Uh, I've got five or six coaches in the building, assistant coaches. That's great. Um, so that makes it, you know, easy to have staff meetings. Um, you know, if we have a meeting and someone can't be there, we can meet during their planning period. Uh, so it's, 
it hasn't always been like this, but we've got a lot of guys here in the building this year. Yeah, that's great. That's the key on that. And I want to kind of kind of transition into going from Dunwoody, which you had unbelievable success. Tell me if I'm wrong. Two state championships. Did you was it one? Uh, you were ranked nationally, correct? I mean, you had a great program. Yep. How did that? How did you transition from there to kind of build rebuilding or taking Lambert to the level it is now? It it, it was probably a tough transition. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if it but most most successful coaches, you know, they have great players. You know, um, and we I had great players at at Dunwoody. Um, so, uh, you, you know, and I think every coach would, would tell you that. But, uh, you know, we, we, had, we had, you know, great success there. And we had, uh, you know, good success at, at South Gwinnett. Um, and then coming here was just different. I, I would tell you, I got here in year four at Lambert. And uh, so we were building it. It wasn't from the ground up, scratch like, like you, but, you know, we were, we were building from the early stages. And, you know, the biggest thing that, that I, I did here was just bring a mindset and how to compete on, on every play um, and practice every possession and, uh, and just a work ethic. And, and these guys here, you know, they, you know, they love the expectations. They love to be challenged. And, you know, for the, what we were doing here is, you know, it, it was so rewarding to, to take a, take a, like a, you know, a, a fairly brand new program right. to where we did so quickly. Um, and we, you know, we were in five straight sweet 16s here in seven, a, um, and you know, our first, our first trip was against Jesse over at Norcross. Mm -hmm. Um, wow. yeah. and, uh, and, you know, you know, we, we got beat pretty good. Okay. And, uh, but that year that, you know, they were just excited about being in the playoffs. Like, oh my gosh, we, we made a state playoffs. And I was looking back like, oh my, I'm used to like trying to get to elite eight final four being a championship game. And, and it, I just realized like, wow, this is, I've really got to build this thing because this is, you know, a tremendous, um, it, you know, uh, you know, success for these guys to just make the playoffs. Sure. And, uh, but we built on that and we got in the gym every day and you know, it's, we've averaged here at Lambert about 22 wins a year. So it's, I'm so, it, it's awesome. I love it. Kids work hard. And you're not, you're not doing that by sitting on, you know, and, and just waiting on things to happen, Scott, because I know that for, for a fact. Um, hey, talk about now, talk about this. Your area out there, I, I worked at Pinecrest Academy, as you know, for five years, small Catholic school out there. I love that area, by, by the way. That area is growing. Talk about Forsyth County, the coming area, Suwannee. That area is growing crazy, isn't it? it it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. Um, and uh, we're an underrated uh, region, an underrated county in basketball. Um, you know, when I first got here, you know, it was – below average, I, I would have to say. Um, and, and I would say that, you know, we kind of set the bar here. Um, and everyone else is getting getting into the gym and everyone's getting better. They're closing the gap. And now when we go out as a region and compete 
in Gwinnett or Cobb, seven, eight regions in this area, you know, this, this is not a, a county that they're looking forward to playing anymore. Um, we've got two teams right now ranked in the top 10. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for six, uh, I think for seven straight years, I had Lambert ranked in the top 10 in, in 7A. So it's, you know, Forsyth County basketball is on the map now. Oh, for sure. And you got to know at the highest level, you're going to go, you're going against the big dogs. I mean, you're going against great schools. Um, hey, Coach Pete, you're, you for, you're familiar with that area. You're familiar with Scott's program. Tell me about the insights you have about Lambert basketball, because I know you're really impressed with what he does. Yes, um, my daughter lives about a mile and a half from Lambert High School, and that's probably where my grandson's going to go to school. And, um, no, I got to go over and watch them play. Of course, you know me, from the offensive side, the first thing I'm looking at is does somebody run the, the numbered break, and if they run it right, <laughs> of course, that, that's me. You know, and that's the first thing I saw, that he was running that old numbered break. You probably, Scott, remember Sonny Allen. He's the one that kind of brought that thing around. And um, I learned a lot from Sonny. I had some conversations with him. And um, I pick up on those things. You were talking about something a moment ago about how our kids don't seem to have the basketball IQ that they have in the past. And that's factual. They really don't. But I'm not sure you can teach kids to have a basketball IQ because the foundation for that IQ comes from playing outside where there are no referees. You know, that's, that's real simple. And um, Sonny Allen, I'll never forget this as long as I live, and I don't want to overtalk here, but I asked him, I, I was playing man-to-man, -man, wall to wall, running jump defense forever. That's all we ever did. And I asked him what about his, his defensive drills, and Sonny Allen said, we don't run any drills. And I almost, I would have thought he would just drill them every day to get them hard, you know. He says, no, we, we pretty much scrimmage uh, he says, we've got a few set plays we work with a little bit, but we just scrimmage and sort of coach on the run. And I believe today, if I, because I used to do 80-20, 80% defensive drills, 20% other things. And, uh, but it seems like we did real well with that. <laughs> but I think if I had to do it again today, I would do more coaching on the run. And I think we've got to start asking our kids questions like this. Does our defense scare anybody? If it doesn't scare you, you're just like everybody else. You're just like everybody. It's like when you're recruiting in college. Amber, one question when you scout somebody, you look, does he scare you? If he scares you, you probably need to sign him, you know? And uh, I think once your kids get this into them, it's like playing fast, playing furious, run the system, play fast, play furious. It's a mindset where casual can't grow. You know, if casual can't to a, a, a basketball team, casual is like cancer. And it's subtle and it just creeps in. And you know, you're talking about every day you've got to ask those kids, does our defense scare anybody? Do we really scare anybody defensively? And pound that into them as much as you can. But 
No, I, I was really, I told my daughter when I got home, I said, this program is going to always be great, always. And you can tell by the defensive system and the offensive system, it's foundational and it, it, it brings the very best out of kids. And I've over-talked here. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Scott. Hey, but it starts with a, a, an overused word is culture. I, I'm a big believer in culture and philosophy. Our program, we have certain key principles that we live by. We fight for it every day. What is, what is Lambert basketball? I know not on the court, but off the court. Because usually if you have a great culture and philosophy, it'll show on the court, correct? Oh, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, that, that's, you know, something I think all coaches are, are trying to create, um, you know, all over the country. Um, and, and I think, you know, with, with a great team culture, I think that, that breeds, you know, success on and off, on and off the court. Um, you know, and I haven't, you know, with all my teams, I wouldn't say if the culture has been great every year. Right. Um, and then if it, if it's not going so great, well, guess what? You're going to have to reel it back in and, and just, you know, like you're saying, the, the pillars that you may have, um, you, you've got to really put those out there so, so the guys know what your expectations are. You know, for us, I always have a standards meeting, Kevin, at the beginning of the year. Most, most coaches, first day of practice after tryouts, most coaches hit the floor, right? Yeah, you know, we're going to practice, you know, this, you know, well, for me, that's not what we do, okay? In my standards meeting, I have the ninth grade, the JV, and the varsity all watching a big PowerPoint, okay? And we're going over the, you know, the culture, the team, the expectations, the standards, um, you know, how we dress on, on, a, on a game day, uh, everything about our program, how we, you know, practice, and uh, I think there's so many years, you know, I, I wasted as a, as a young coach that I really didn't get in to my ninth grade JV kids, right? They really don't know what your program's all about until they come to the varsity. Well, I changed that years ago and said, look, this is going to be the best practice of the year. And it really is because everyone, ninth graders, they know what our program is about. It, you know, if we had a quiz, they would say we hang our hat on, on, you know, being the hardest working team in the state. We hang our hat on defense. Um, you know, like Pete was saying about you know, my style of play, they, they need to know that before the first day of practice. And, um, you know, we show them clips of the year before. This is how we want to run our number, numbered break, Pete. Um, these are the different looks that we're looking for. But – I would say, you know, that's how I build culture. I build it by on the first day of practice, okay, which is my most important day of practice. Someone else might be different. That, that's their program. But for us, I get the ninth grade, the JV, and the varsity on the same page. And that's all we do. We don't go on the court, Kevin. That's practice. It might be an hour. might be an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it takes. Everyone's on the same page. And that's what we're sticking to. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a great teacher. I know in your class and my classes, uh, we go over protocol really for the whole first week. This is how we run the class. And, and then and after that, right, Coach, you have to constantly fight for it, emphasize it every day, but the kids know it. 
but you got to work on it every day, correct? Yes. I don't know if that was for Pete, but yes. Yeah, I would yes, agree. That, <laughs> that was for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So um, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, and I'm going to move on to your feeder program here in a second, because I guarantee your feeder program, those kids know your culture and your philosophy. But first of all, how do you define culture? Is it just what you do every day? Is that your definition or how do you define it? Yeah. I yeah, I see it. Uh, to me, that, that's a, you know, a lot of different uh, ways to, to define that. Uh, but I, I would say, you know, what we do on a daily basis, what we emphasize, like what you were talking about earlier. Absolutely. And it'll show up under adversity, correct? I mean, let's say um, I always watch kids on the bench. I don't know why I do that when I go watch. Of course, nowadays, everything's huddle, Scott. We're all lazy now. Everything's huddle. But I go watch a coach. I can tell by his program, win or lose, I watch his players off the bench. Are they celebrating for their teammates? Are they encouraging each other? Do they listen to the coach? To me, that's culture. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah I'm with you on that 100%. Um, you know, I think every player on the team has a role. And, you know, in our standards meeting, we talk about, you know, roles. Uh, not everyone can be the, the star, but everyone can star in their role. Um, or things that we talk about, and and we're big on uh, we call them PLOs, player-led opportunities. Yeah. And I have five different uh, roles for them, um, and everyone has a different role. You, you you know you could be the high five guy, all right? This Kevin, you're going to be the high five guy today. So you know, let's see how many high fives you can give. I might give all five guys that role. So now, I mean, this year. We kind of got away from the high fives, yeah. and we we you know we called it the clapper. So you you may be a clapper, okay? And then then we have a defensive coordinator where your role is to talk the whole time in practice. Who's the loudest guy? We call it the speaker of the house. All right, be the loudest guy. All right, in the gym, and we may need to have five guys, okay, as a defense coordinator, and we have lane runners. Uh, which Pete was talking about, and, that are sprinting, you know, insane uh, lane, you know, running, 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 running. So when you come to my practice, that's part of our culture, the, the PLOs, that we have that posted in their locker, okay? So every day I want them to look at it as a reminder. Okay, I, hey, this is a player-led opportunity day. This is your team, okay? And I want to have the loudest – Loudest uh, team in the state, Loud, loudest practice. Um, when people walk by our gym, they have no idea what our record is, Kevin. Mm -hmm. uh, we could be 25 and 0, all right? And they may think we're 25 and 0, all right? And we're, we're not, but they go, wow, man, how do you bring that energy to practice? Well, I lay it out early. And, and that's how we built our culture uh, through the PLOs and, and the standards meeting. Um, and you can't build a culture overnight. Right. That's not going to happen. How long did it take, Scott, coming into Lambert, how long did it take coming into a new school to kind of really get your, your culture established? I mean, was it immediately or, I mean, I know, I know it's nine years ago, but. Well, I man, it's such a pleasure to be on Championship Vision Podcast, one of the premier podcasts for top high school coaches and rising coaches in the game of basketball.
My name is Michael Williams, and I'm the founder of the Williams Advancement Agency. WAA is a full-service agency here to assist all coaches at every level to be successful in the position they are now and obtain the future coaching position they're looking for. I wouldn't say it was immediately, um, but I would say that I had a great group to work with. Uh, I wish I would have had that first first team for four years uh -huh. um, because they let, laid the foundation for where we're at today. Um, and and in, in year two, they won 23 games. Um, so it, with, with a, uh, a sweet 16 berth, um, they laid, laid the foundation. And uh, I couldn't have done what I'm doing here with the culture without a group like that. I love the Speaker of the House. I'm stealing that from I'm a thief. I'm a thief. So I'm going to steal some stuff from you, Coach. Um, I love the Speaker of the House because we really believe in communication, echoing. I mean, you go to our gym, man, it's echoing all the time. But I love the Speaker of the House. Put somebody in charge of that. I absolutely love that. I'm going to steal that from you. Hey, well, hey when you do that with five people, wait to see the, the energy in the building. That's a Give great that role to five people. That's a great point right there. Absolutely. Um, now, do you give them that role for the entire season, or do you change? You no, can, no, you no. You, 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 you can give it. Uh, you give it to them at, at practice. Okay. Um, and you, you know, you should have a, a coach in charge of that. You can switch it up, Kevin. You know, after the second yeah. drill, you can do it when you have your sessions or competing. Whatever you know, five on five. Give something, you know, change it up. That the biggest thing is like a speaker of the house role. You've got to get your quiet kids, your your introverts. You you got to start them off with like the high five guy, the clapper, because they're not coming out like yelling and speaking. And and you got to work those guys into that role. But you know, our role as coaches and teachers is to help every every player, every student grow as an individual. Right. So these type of PLOs will help them grow as a person. I love that. Basketball, yeah. I tell my guys, basketball is about that much, okay, of, the, of their life right now. This, okay, we're, we're building for life after college, 20 years down the road. All right. So, you know, this is just a small piece of, of, of their life right now. But we have a big impact on kids, don't we? Because what – where else can you learn about life other than team sports? I mean, you learn how to how to handle losing, how to handle winning, how to adversity, how to work together with a team. There's no better environment, Scott, right? Well, well, if you're not in this to impact the lives of young people, you need to go do something different. Exactly. You know? So uh, it, 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 you know, that's uh, that's what, what that's probably my biggest goal is. And that's, that's not only basketball, that's here in PE, you know, that's here with the students here, you know, I'm trying to impact the lives of everyone, you know, and, uh, and, you know, build great relationships with them and, you know, and, and just, you know, you got to make it fun for them. Yeah, for sure. And I know you're doing a great job of that. Um, do you think too many athletic directors focus on, and I know it's controversial, but I'm not afraid to say it, wins first? I mean, I mean, when do you – I guess there's a – got to win, obviously, but does culture come before winning, come before the result? I, I, I agree it does. 
Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. That second part of that statement, I, I, I definitely agree with you. Now with the AD thing, I think maybe on the you know college level, yeah. yeah, but on the high school level, I think I think these ADs and principals are more about culture and uh, the way you can impact the lives of young people. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, coach, I, I really want to get into uh, the next. I want to get into your feeder program because I think that's the most undervalued thing in programs. Uh, I think there's no excuses. You're a master of getting all your kids kind of in your system. Uh, talk about kind of just growing it from the ground up. Let's say a coach is coming in a new program next year. How can you help him kind of start from the ground up and, and develop his program? Well, uh, I mean, I, I, I know I can definitely help someone. My, my young coaches, they, 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 keep, they tell me that all the time. Um, and uh, they pat me on the back. And that's, you know, I, I just want to help them grow as young coaches. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, they've got to be willing to commit their time. You've got to dedicate. It's not easy running a, a, a feeder program or a year-round feeder program with, like, like I do. And, you know, if, if you're in it just to make the money, okay, you're, you're doing the wrong thing. You know, this is, this is uh, something about your time and your commitment. Uh, if you really, truly want to build a program, and, and that's, what, that's what I kind of hang my hat on. Um, I've built programs at all my schools, not only, not only at the high school, the varsity level, I'm referring to the younger feeder, you know, camps all the way up, um, you, you know, to where – you know, it's, it's just not a, you know, hey, it's a summer camp thing. That's, that's not, that's the easy thing. That's what everyone does. Okay, now what, what you're probably talking about and why you have me on today is like, tell me about all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's, not only do you have to have the time and the commitment, um, which if you talk to my young coach, they would say, I can't believe how much time Coach Bracco puts up at that school. Um, and, you know, some people may say, well, he lives around the corner. Okay, well, that doesn't matter how close to the school you live. Right. You know, I, I was at oh. South Gwinnett. I lived 45 minutes from the school and pretty much ran the same feeder programs that I'm doing today. Okay. And I live, you know, 10 minutes from the school. Um, but here's the biggest thing. You've got to have committed coaches right. on your staff. I do not run anything, and Pete will tell you, I do not run anything with players, okay? I have players there because that's what the kids want to hang out with. They're cool, right? Well, if you want to run a quality program, you've got to get great coaches involved. And I have former coaches at other high schools, okay, that come over and run my stuff with me. Hmm. Okay, I run a, like a summer basketball camp like Georgia Tech or Georgia. And former head, head coaches at other high schools are calling me to come work camp. So it's, yeah, yeah. It, yeah it, it's not easy. And for all the coaches out there that, that may be listening about building it, so I'd say commit your time, right? You've got to have great coaches. Whatever program that you're running, make it fun, okay, and competitive. Focus on the player uh, development. Okay, and try to increase, as we were talking about, uh, player IQ, okay, 
And I would say uh, Pete's in my area uh, a lot. Uh, be visible in the community. Uh, he, you know, his daughter would tell you, Coach Bracco's everywhere. You know, at the rec departments. Uh, now I've got kids here uh, that play as well. Um, so, you know, you got to be visible in the community. And here's the biggest thing. Okay, your, your community is your best marketing tool. Your best marketing tool. So if you want to run a quality program, okay, your community's going to talk, you know, um, word of mouth type thing. That's how you win. Yeah, and let's, let's start with a K-5 program, Coach, because I don't know if you go K-5. Maybe you start with a fifth grade. But uh, I'm sure you run a lot of camps. Um, talk about from the, from the ground up with K-5. Okay. And how do you break it down? as far right. as how you, how you uh, develop players. Perfect, perfect. Um, well, I would say I'm going to start with, I do mine seasonal. I've got a seasonal model that I run, okay? okay? And I'm going to go ahead and start with the summer, okay? Start with the summer because everything else in the feeder program falls into place once school begins. So, you know, I try to run a couple summer camps at – at Lambert High School or any, you know, other high school that I've, that I've coached at. And it's like any, any camp that anyone would run, right? Um, and every, you know, you could do yours nine to three, whatever it is. But I do, you know, five, ages five to 14. And that's how I get them in. And I think the biggest thing with running a summer camp is you got to make it fun for the kids. Yeah. But you also have to have a great daily schedule. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when I go back to that, and this is where I get my K through four kids. Well, really K through two. This is the only program that K through two is not involved in throughout the year. They can only come in the summer. Um, and, you know, if there's time, if I can find more time, I would do something for the young rookies, you know, but again, I run this with great coaches. Now I have, you know, I, I've got like 160 kids at camp, Kevin, per week, okay? And uh, I, I'd love for you to come watch the camp. Sure. The organizational uh, part of it, piece of it is phenomenal. Um, but that's what I do. So my summer plan is just summer camps at the high school, okay, five through, five through uh, 14. And, and then also that during the summer you have your – your team camp activities with your high school. I bring my rising ninth graders in, okay? And, you know, we train them separately. And we actually spend a lot of time with our ninth graders. We have a, a rising ninth grade camp that our varsity coaches are working with so that, you know, it's just not in the summer where you've got one young coach working with them. We've got our varsity staff focusing on the things that they need to have to be successful once, you know, we get into the season. And then um, the next uh, part of the model is, is the fall, okay? So in my fall, I have a fall instructional league, and I offer this for grades five through eight, okay? And every, every season, you'll see something different. So if you keep it the same, all right, it, the, ki the kids get bored. Mm -hmm. So you, 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 you got to mix it up a little bit. So – my fall league, fall instructional league, it's a league. So, you know, it's like 80 kids, 
you know, I have two different leagues, a fifth and sixth grade league and a seventh and eighth grade league. Um, you know, we have certified officials. My coaches coach it, right? We're running. Nice. It's, a, it's a camp league. And, you know, we're, in, we're implementing our fast break, okay? Now, do they get it? Probably not. But they're learning it, right? Learning. We're, we're, yep. we're just planting a seed right now. And then um, I, I will have it. They have it like a – it's like a five- to six-week program. Have an end-of-the-year tournament because that's what they want to do. They want to play. And, and we, we have one or two training days a week depending on, you know, gym avail availability. So that's what we do in the fall. And then we'll – then they will go try out for their teams or middle school teams or, or some of them go to rec, whatever they do. But now you won't this, – this next season, the winter season, now this is a busy season. And I think, I think Pete's son or grandson was involved in this season as well, back when he was like in third grade, Pete. I believe that's wow. when you were coming through. Now, this is where if you run a program – this is when I go back to, hey, are you committed? Uh -huh. Now, my young coaches, I'm like, or, I mean, all my coaches, they're not all young. But uh, they know if they work for me, they got to they gotta work year-round, okay? Uh, they have to work year-round because it's about building our program. Is it not just mine? It's our program. And so in the winter, during the season, this is in-season basketball, varsity basketball right now. Uh, now, we were unable to do it this year because of, um, you know, everything that's going on. Right. But this is a sellout, all right? This is a 24-hour sellout wait list. Um, and I can only do 60 kits just because of how we, we organize um, all the, the breakdown sessions and then the, the weekend games. This is another league. So we're going to bring them in one, uh, at least one day a week and train them. Like on a Wednesday night, after our varsity practice, my coaches stick around and we train players. Third and fourth grade, Kevin. Oh, Scott, so, so give me the grades again. So third and fourth grade or third this, through? This is third and fourth grade academy. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. Okay, so, you know, and, you know, a lot of people may say they run a, tr a true feeder program, but this is what we do and this is what I've been doing. Um, and – you know, it's the same thing as the instructional league, but, you know, the middle school kids are in the middle school. So right. they're playing, you know, at the middle school. So now we're focusing on the younger kids. And this is kind of like their rec league. So instead of going to the rec, okay, they're coming to play for us in third and fourth grade and learning. All right, they're getting coached, critiqued on every, every move, okay? And uh, so I feel like we're putting out a great product there. And um, the kids love it because they get practice gear. They get the Lambert practice gear. They get to come to our varsity games for free with all their Lambert gear. And it's awesome when you look up in the stands and you got all these third and fourth grade kids in the Lambert practice gear. Sure. Um, so that's my coaches have to commit. And that's a Saturday morning uh, league play. So the, my coaches play a Friday night game. They get in at midnight. And then I ask them to be back in the gym at yeah. 7 o'clock, 6.30 for setup and yeah. get ready to run, uh, coach some third and fourth graders. I know they're not too excited about that, but, right. hey, yeah. but I love them. No, no one's ever, 
they've never said anything negative about what we do. They all want to be head coaches, Kevin. So they want a model, right. you know? And then after we also have with, with the uh, third and fourth graders, we're also evaluating our fourth graders, mm-hmm. okay? Because we have feeder teams beginning in fifth grade. So our feeder teams are fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. So as they try out as fifth graders, we've already seen them in the gym for the most part. 85% of them are in our program as third graders. Right. Okay. So there are a lot of guys I'm coaching today that play that that were playing in my feeder program when they were in fifth, fourth grade, you know. Um, but we have eight feeder teams, two teams in each uh, age group. Um, and the biggest thing that we do here is, you know, I have coaches coaching the young ones. Um, I have former coaches coaching, and I have, you know, I don't have dads really coaching. And, you know, we're trying to take sure. the daddy ball aspect out of it. Yeah. And uh, so we bring the kids in two days a week. They get to practice um, either here at the local middle school. Now, they're also competing at their middle school, Kevin. So, you know, we're trying to do both things. And they put a lot of time into it. And, you know, the reason why we do like an eighth grade feeder is to show them the exposure outside the county. And uh, we've always had great success. And I would have to say that may be a, a big reason of why we've had success on a varsity level because they've been playing on that level since they were in middle school or elementary school. So that's, uh, that's pretty much my um, winter program. And then we, we roll into the spring. Huh. So you see how it's going from the summer all the way around to the spring. Right. And my, sp- my spring is a little bit different. Um, most of these guys are on an AAU team or travel team. So all we're doing is a spring academy, two days a week, six to eight weeks. And we just, we're just working on skill sets. So, so we're doing some skill breakdown with these guys. And then we're, we're doing three on three, okay, so they can play a little bit and, and try to improve, like, like Pete was saying, trying to improve some – some some IQ with, with these guys, but that's uh. And when I do my uh, spring skills, that's fifth through eighth grade, and and I try to keep it to a max of thirty players, okay, just so that it, I'm looking at like a five to six to one ratio with my coaches, so that these guys are really developing as players in the spring because I know they're playing games on the weekends. Yeah, I love that. And that's very well organized, Coach. And my question for you is, I, I know that area. Um, how do you recruit those coaches, though? Because I'm at a small school. It's like, you know what, Scott, I do everything. And I and personally, I don't like having dads coach myself, but sometimes you have to. You don't have a choice. So for us who are, are in a small area, uh, what do you recommend uh, to uh, get really quality coaches out there teaching kids? Well, yeah, I think that that could be tough if you're in a smaller school uh, <clears throat> with limited coaches and you just have to do the best job that you can do. Right. Um, you know, if you're going to go the, the dad route, I, w- I would definitely look at the best player, best player's dad 
or granddad here. We, we I said, I've got the legend that needs to be coaching my feeder program right now, you know. Um, but uh, you know, if I'm going to go with a dad, I'm going to make sure that the, the his son is one of the top players. Um, so so you're not dealing with the, the daddy ball thing. But I would say for me, with the coaches, it's just you know, just being in this area, this Atlanta area, yeah, uh, for so long that uh, I built some so many relationships. I've had I've got former coaches that are still coaching or doing other things. I still come back, and uh, I mean the the first day that that I had a you know I decided that I wanted to you know run a huge feeder program. I had all these dads you know just kind of fighting for that coaching spot. You know, sending me their coaching resume over at the rec. You know, he's an all star. You know, I'm 28 and three over here at the local church church league. Woo. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be tough. So I said, all right, I've got 24 hours to make a decision here. Right. So I called a few of my former coaches and said, look, I need some help. And man, they they're loyal guys to you. You know, I've always I felt like I've treated my coaches well, and they. They come back. I I I owe them everything, really. My 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 assistant coaches are there. They've been the greatest. Yeah, you. Uh, but you know what? You know, people don't come back and be with people unless you have been built that relationship and they trust you. Um, yeah, I really envy that because I, I do a lot of things myself. I run all my camps, K through. I, I'm I'm the whole program, <laughs> but I have I've been very fortunate to hire a, my, one of my former players. She's my assistant. And she's a worker. Uh, she does a great job. But I feel like I would, I want things done right instead of having other people do things for me that are incorrect. Because if you have the wrong coach teaching skill development, things like that, that can change a kid forever. I know it sounds crazy. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you're, you're on it. You're on it. That's why I, I think that uh, you will see my, my camps or, or, or academies, anything that I'm running that it's my former coach is my current coach is my former players, you know, guys that, that know my system and they're able to teach it. And I couldn't run it. I, I, I could not do what I do right now. Right. Without, uh, you know, great coaches. You, like you're saying, you've got a small school, you, you, know, you have limited coaches. You may not be able to run this type of program, right. um, but you, you need to do something to, to get back to the kids, you know, and, and help them improve. Um, and it may not be able to, to be on this level with the different uh, leagues that we do because you have to have kids too. Now we live in a big area, right? right? Um, and we have, a, we have a lot of students at, at Lambert. I think we have like 3000 students here. Okay. So we're one of the top 10 schools in the state with enrollment. So that, that means there are a lot of brothers and sisters running around that, that come to all the camps, whether it's basketball, baseball, you know, uh, Lacrosse is big here. They have huge camps as well. Um, so, I, I I think it's you know community. If you got if you got a big community, you you probably could run big camps. Yeah, I love that. And what I love about what you're doing, I think branding's important, Scott. You have branded. Hello, my name is Coach Charlie Miller, head master trainer with the TAC Basketball Academy in Dallas, Texas. I'm here to promote the upcoming championship vision podcast clinic series brought to us by coach Kevin Furtado from Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. 
Coach Vitaldo is a well-respected, sought-after coach and found other coaches like him to share their best practices and secrets to success with players, parents, and teams. The clinic will provide two types of virtual clinics, lecture style via Zoomcast and on-court instructions with coaches and players. Again, my name is Coach Charlie Miller from Attack Basketball Academy, where we work with kids from third grade through high school in a positive and growth-oriented atmosphere that promotes a whole-body approach to well-being. Our programs are designed not only to improve your child's ability on the court, but also to teach him or her valuable skills that will serve them throughout their lives. Uh, Lambert basketball on the boys' side. There's no doubt. So people know you. They go, man, they know this feeder program, this and that, consistent winner. Branding's important. You got to get your brand out there, correct? And make sure it's the right brand uh, with the right message, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's that old saying is build it and they will come, right? Exactly. Is that what they say? Well, yeah. that's not what I say. That's, that's not <laughs> what I say. Uh, here's what I say. This is my motto. Build it and win forever. Wow. How about that? I love that. Build it and win forever. Yeah. Okay. Let me make sure I get that down. I love that. Man, I, I'm stealing too much from you, Coach. I'm telling you. And I'm pickpocketing you. Hey, Coach, um, let's kind of continue on with your practices. I can tell you're a very detailed coach, okay, just by talking to you, the passion in your voice. Uh, you gave me a couple of drills. You want, I'm going to share it. Can I share okay. those drills you said? Yeah, me? you're going to have to do that because I don't think I, I can it. do that. Okay. All right. Hey, let's kind of left. I'll do everything for you, but start kind of preview uh, these drills. Let me see if I can get it for you. But talk about uh, one of them is the Arkansas drill, Coach. Let's see if I can get you. should be able to okay. see this in a second. Should be coming on. Arkansas shooting. Uh, why, yep. why did you give me this drill? Why is that important? Oh, man. That is, uh, that's my favorite drill. That, you know what, if you, well, I got that. We call it Arkansas shooting from, uh, you know, a guy that we, we both saw uh, up at uh, the Hoosier Clinic. Okay. That's right. Um, and uh, Coach Neighbor. Coach and, Neighbor, I love him. Love hey, him. Hey, if you want any shooting drills, he's the best. Okay. He's, he's unbelievable. And, and uh, so, yeah, this drill, the Arkansas shooting, is there's so many things going on in this drill. And, you know, I know we got it out here uh, laid out for you. And um, so when people ask me, hey, what is your favorite drill that you do? And our guys, if, if you ask them, they go, oh, yeah, coach, coach loves Arkansas shooting. You know, now, I'm not sure the kids love it, guys. I'm not sure they love it because there's so much movement here. Okay, uh, we're gonna start off here in the in the first clip. Are, are, do you have it? Can other yeah. people see this as well? Oh, everybody can see it. Yeah, it's, okay. it's Jared. Uh, okay. You can see it, right? You got it. Yeah, yeah, I, okay. I, I can you see it. it. For sure, I, I can see it. But uh, yeah, I, I'll try to talk you through it. Is that what you're yeah. asking? You want me to absolutely. talk you through? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. We we got it right in front of us. Talk you through it. Okay. Well, you know, we're starting off with the ball screens right here. Okay. So we got that. You've got to have a lot of coaches. If you don't have coaches, you've got to have managers. And, again, 
I've got like seven coaches at practice, so everybody's got a role here. And uh, so we're going to start off with a ball screen, and, and once they come off that, that ball screen, nice pass, you know, we, we run some ball screen action, so this works for us, right? It may not work for you, but it, you know, it works for us. And then at, you see as, as the one guard, you know, makes his pass, he curls out. Now he's running a lane. Now we're, we're a fast break team, like, like Pete said. Okay, so we like, we're going to pitch ahead. So we, I've got a coach right here that we can put right there. Uh -huh. right now we move him out on the outside of the court just so that we can run that lane. And he flips the ball to the one. Okay. And now the one, I'm going to work that side over there with the three. He's going to pitch ahead. Okay. We like to pitch ahead in our offense. Um, I'd rather pass the ball down the floor than dribble the ball down the floor. So we're going to go in. in into that and he's going to rip and go all right and then and then after after that the guy that just passed it the one is is sprinting to the wing for a jump for a jump shot from the five that's on the baseline right now okay so there's a lot of action right there and uh -huh. it, you, you may not be able to figure it out uh i wish i would have sent you a uh, clip that you that you can actually see I have it matter of fact it's a video link let me see if I can get it going here if you don't want I'm gonna clip it see that should come on yeah okay I see something coming up now that my assistant putting this together and uh you know I, I couldn't couldn't have done this without him um Now, this may be the Arkansas clip. I haven't even seen it. Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas okay. clip. Hey, welcome back. I want to see if they, they run it the, the same way. Uh, this week, it's a little bit different. This so much is not. Now, you can either uh, let Mike kind of. A format it's six a minutes. We, we spend I don't, some time in practice. Um, uh, to break you can probably just fast forward and just watch the action. Uh, it's a way that we manipulate. Yeah, I love this drill, by the way, Coach. I think it's a great drill. Do something to arrive without the defender. Dev says, you didn't do it right. If she does it right, Dev's going to use her. And here in this case, I think Taylor does. She sprints. She pops her feet. Dev attacks the screen. We talk about opening up chest to ball. You can see Taylor beginning to open up chest to ball. Dev attacking, going downhill with her dribble. That's what these coaches are evaluating and looking for. So on this end, Coaches and players are down here. You see, I'm and Scott, this is part of his I'm not in, I'm big. Not uh, what's it called? Sport. This big this with smalls. These guards. Yep, big, we got yeah. bigs and littles. Bigs and littles. Yeah. They love yep. to tell them they did it wrong too. Sometimes. Ah, you did it wrong. Get out. And that raises the level of our of, of our execution. So Dev's going to take it off in the half court action. This day, you can work on anything. What we're working on is not important. It's the how we're working on it the way that we are working on it, <clears throat> what we're emphasizing, what we're coaching, what we're tolerating, what we're looking for. Dev doesn't make this pass on what we call the same boards. We use the boards of the floor sometime as our uh, guidelines. We want Dev to string this out away from the ball screen, and she makes a good angled entry pass into Taylor, who's on the move. She's going to catch and finish with some, some contact. Dev turns. She's made a good pass 
sometimes the video gets a little bit off. So she's. I was going to say, he's, gonna, he's a little bit more detailed. Well, these coaches think that was a good I pass. If she gets a ball, it was. So, she got the pass. On this end, the guards, the smalls, are working on our transition. This is what we call our race and space. They're working on race and space. So, Coach Todd has called out an action. This action is what we call up the street to the lot for a three. So, Dev, having just made this pass, doesn't just stop and rotate to the back of another line and stand there for three or, three or four minutes. She immediately goes into a transition situation, which is what happens in a game. Changing ends from, floor, from ends of the floor. She makes an up-the-street pass. Karen gets it, and she's ripping it and going baseline. Dev fills in behind for a second shot. Down here, we're working on our finishing moves. There's a lot of chaos going on in the gym on this period. Somebody that's in the gym at this point in time is going, man, that looks pretty chaotic. And I love to hear that because we want practice chaos. Somebody tweeted this the other day. I think it was Fran Fraschella on social media said, practice chaos creates game calmness. <laughs> and I just amen that yeah, as much as I could point. and retweeted it and tagged it and liked it and thumbs up it and whatever else we do on social media. Coach, I love that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I I, lo I love this drill and so forth. So um, yeah, I, that, that, that's why, I mean, you can see why that's one of my favorite drills. Um, and, and he's got the best shooting drills. You, he's got so many green light shooting uh, drills that uh, we do a lot of shooting in practice. So we're always trying to, you know, I'm all over his, his, his website. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I tell you, it's it's and also he's great on keeping score. All right, you you got it. You, you always got. It. I know it sounds crazy, and I want to talk to you about what what I do in the. I want you to get your feedback. I have a win chart, and uh, we keep track of various things throughout practice. And obviously, if you do it correctly, you get a win. So we're trying to teach our kids how to compete. Um, what do you do with your kids to focus really on competing? I think it's a lost art. Yeah, I think I think you're on it. I, I think you know keeping score uh, um, is is the best way to to get your kids to compete. Um, you know, we we uh, we started doing a drill this year. Uh, we it's a just half court drill that we had. It's kind of it's it's like uh, being at a football practice, and we have two teams, two offensive teams and uh, going against a, a defensive team. And up on the board, you know, we're running our half-court sets. And this is just an example, one thing that, that we do, um, keeping score, is that, you know, like the home up on the scoreboard will be this team, the other team, the second team will be the guest, and then the, uh, um, the other team on defense will be, will keep their points where, we do fouls on the board. So, you know, we put like time on the clock and we go in and run a play at them. Well, if you score, we're going to give you two, three, whatever it is. If you don't, we're going to give the defense a point, right? Uh, if they take a charge, we may give them two points, whatever the emphasis is for that day. Um, but now they're looking up at the board, just like they do in the real game, okay? And the difference between every team, they're all three competing against each other. And at the end, if there's a winner, you know, you got 30, 25, and 20, well, second team is going to run five, and the third team is going to run um, 10 sprints, 
So, you, you know, that's, that's just one thing that we do. We don't keep the wins like that, but we do chart it up on the board. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. I'm sure you do it with every single drill. And, of course, hey, you got, you got seven to eight coaches, man. I'm sure you got a lot of people keeping track of stuff. So. Hey, 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 most of them don't want to put a clipboard in their hand. They want to get out there and coach. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I think sometimes that's overrated. Sometimes, hey, I, I think, and this is just off topic, but sometimes it's just that that simple message is more important than actually recording a score down. Like, hey, I mean, just that, that, key, that key phrase you mentioned to a kid could turn his practice around, that key teaching point. Am I wrong there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're on it. You know, I'm learning. You're talking about writing all this stuff down. I'm learning so much more from you. You, you, know, <laughs> you, you know, you need to just talk to yourself on, on, on these uh, podcasts. I think we'd all learn more. No, not at all. Um, Hey, the Memphis drill. Before you before you move on, you got you, you gave me the Memphis drill. Talk about this drill. And this is a, this is a Coach Cal drill. Um, I call it Memphis because uh, it, when he was at Memphis, I, I I saw this at a coach's clinic, and I took it back to uh, this is back when I was at Dunwoody. Now, if you want a good conditioner, okay. Oh, uh, here we go. Um, the players absolutely hate this drill. Okay, Excellent. they hate it. This is a preseason. <laughs> this is a preseason everyday drill. All right. Um, there's so many different things that, like, like uh, Coach Neighbor was talking about getting out of the, the Arkansas shooting drill, and you know, there, there's just a lot of things that, that you can get here, and, and you can do it differently. We run it two different ways. We we do this uh, six sprints. Uh, I mean, it's six trips up and down the court mm-hmm. in like a minute and two, or we do uh, three trips in like 30, 30 seconds. But what I like about this drill is that, you know, it's a passing drill, okay? It's a communication drill, all right? It's a conditioner, okay? And a, it's a full sprint dribble drill, all right? So the, the, the way we started off is, you know, we have two lines, and we have every player in practice. So, you know, we may have 20 kids in practice. So, you know, they have a partner. They got to point to each other. You know, I'm big on communication. So before we get started, you know, we may bounce the ball to the, to, to the partner just to make sure because we not, we're not going to make a mistake here because there will be a consequence for a mistake. Sure. But they're going to go back and forth with the pass. So if you and I are partners, we're going to sprint the uh the the elbows right all the way down the elbows okay and then pass back and forth once we get to the cone on the opposite side we're both going to veer out as as you can see on slide two they're veering out okay and they're one's on a speed dribble and the other one's on a sprint so now it's it 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 looks good because you've got 10 kids whatever you have in practice 20 they're all sprinting passing back and forth they get to the cone and they're going to veer out and it, you got to space that out a little bit. So you don't have any collisions. Okay. So they're going to run down the, the, the wide lanes and then go back around the cone and repeat that six times. And, you know, depending on how many players you have will depend on how long you should do it. And right here it says six trips at a minute three. Well, we're doing that based off of like 18 kids in practice. Okay. 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 Um, 
you know, so like I said, communication, passing, dribbling, and sprinting, okay? And if they don't get it, we'll do it again. And then most of the times early on in the year, you know, they're not going to, you know, you want them to be successful. So you may go, okay, we're, you know, hey, let's set it for a minute five today just so they can be successful in the drill. Now, early on, Kevin, they're probably not going to get it the first time. Okay, so instead of running sprints before or after practice, whatever you do, I do this. You know, I'm getting my conditioning within my drills right. uh, in practice. I'm a high-intensity drill guy. And you want, if you come to my practice, we're not going to be running sprints ever, okay? Um, if we do, it's after uh, competing. If you lost, you, you know, you may have it down and back or whatever it is. Um, but we're going to get in shape by doing drills up and down the court. Yeah. And uh, this is a great one. You, you've got now, this might be a little late in the season. I would do a 30 and three if I were you. Sure. And I think the girls would love it. Yeah, we do a lot of sideline. We handle the ball sideline to sideline, you know, for like 30 seconds. We time them seven, you know, seven lines, things like that. They have to do certain types of dribbles and so forth. Uh, but something really quick, you don't have to do it for very long, right? That's right. Yeah, I love this one. And, and actually, I think it, what I'm, I'm kind of visualizing it, it really can develop a lot of team chemistry trying to meet that goal. But also, hey, they're paying a consequence. They, they didn't do something. Oh, it's, it's a great drill. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to meet. <laughs> what, whatever you set, they're going to get because – it's only going to take one time that, you know, that they don't achieve the time. And right. they're going to be like, nah, we're not doing, we're not doing this again, coach. So the last player has to get by the cone. Absolutely. Uh, how do you time that? Oh yeah. You know, the times are pretty much um, right on point to where I've done it so many times with so many players that I know, you know, you know, the 30 and three or 30 and th 33 seconds. That those last two people need to come through the cone. And, man, some of these guys are diving to get through. I, I, I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah. And then we go immediately to free throws, right? Right. It's just like a game. So after you run or, 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 or get up and down the court in a real game and you get fouled, you got to go shoot free throws. Yeah, I, I totally believe in that. And that's what um, – uh, we're, we're a good free throw shooting team, but um, – Sometimes I make the mistake as coaches. I and mean, you got, I believe in fatigue free throws. So we always shoot, and we only shoot two at a time, Scott, and we do a lot of one on one situations, things like that. How do you teach free throws really quick? Or, or yeah, a, lot, a lot like what you just said. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to shoot free throws after we compete or, or after being fatigued. Um, you know, depending on the time of year. Right now, we're just doing like two and rotate, okay? Or we're doing one-on-ones. Um, and, you know, it's, you know we, we, do, we, we do a drill that I was just thinking we did it the other day. We just call it, uh, you know, lappers and sprinters, mm -hmm. okay? We'll do one-on-ones. That's a one-on-one -on -one shooting, foul, uh, free throw shooting drill. And, uh, and, and this gets to be fun. Now, if you miss the front end of the one-on-one, -on -one, you've, you've got a lap. Okay, okay, around you know that outskirts of the of the court, and we're we've got guys yelling 
laugher, laugher. So, so you know, you don't want to be – if you're laughing, you know, the coaches right now are either talking to the players or we're meeting on the next drill. So you start hearing laugher, the coaches are looking up, right? We're looking up to see who's laughing because that guy may not be the guy we need in the game with two minutes to go. Right. You know, and then if you miss the, the second one, if you made the first one, miss the second one, then it's just a sprint up and down the floor. But I think you, you need to make it competitive. You need probably need to have a consequence um, because there's, if they're just shooting freely, uh, they're not going to do that in the game. There's going to be some pressure. Yeah, because I think a lot of coaches, you know, they right, everybody shoot 50. You know, it's like – and then they're all talking. I see that a lot in practices that I go to. It's like that's a waste of time. You I'd rather do – I think you'd rather do 10 like you're saying rather than 50 just without concentration or consequence. Totally agree. If I'm going to do 50 free throws, I'm working on form shooting. Right. You know, uh, and everybody's different, though, you know. I, my way was, may not be the right way. I don't, I don't know. Um, but every coach is different. Every coach has their own philosophy in, in every aspect of the game, and I respect that. Um, this is just how I do it. And, and, you know, and I'm not saying we get great results. But um, if I'm going to shoot 50 free throws, I'm working on form shooting. And the guys really don't want to get to the free throw line five times in this lappers and sprinters because that could be a lot of laughing. Right, right. Yeah, I love how you, I love how you describe that. I'm going to steal that one for you as well. Because uh, I, don't think there, I, don't, I don't think there's enough good teaching of free throw shooting. I know a lot of coaches that don't even teach free throw shooting in practice. I think it's huge. That's state tournament time. And let's talk about state tournament time now, Scott. Free throw shooting, offensive rebounding, taking care of the ball. What does it take? You're a winner in the state tournament. What does it take to win – uh, how about with your team this year? How are you guys gonna? How are you guys gonna win? Uh, you know, it's uh, I would say possession, one possession at a time. Um, you know, I I think that uh, you know, it, it really right now. I, that's a hard question for me to, to answer because we we begin our uh, region tournament this weekend, uh -huh. and I'm really only focused on one team right now. I'm not focused about the state tournament, um, but you know, I, I could talk on previous state tournaments, um, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, most most teams are, are really locking in to the, the things that they do well. Right. Um, and uh, like, like Pete was talking about with his 80-20 with defense, I think teams, as you get closer to the playoffs, are, are really focusing a little bit more on defense. Um, and rebounding, like you said, free throws and rebounding, I think, are huge. Absolutely. And before you go, kind of give me what what do you want? What do you want from your team finishing up this? I, I'm not even talking about wins. How do you guys? Because we all know we're all at different levels. Uh, what do, what does your team need to do to move on in the region tournament, Scott? Uh, and then continue on the state tournament. What do they need to do? Uh, well, I mean, this year, I, you know, this is one of my favorite teams I, I've coached in my career. Um, our culture is, is flying high right now. Um, we've got great senior leadership. Um, you know, I, I, I can't, we can't predict the future. Uh, we can only prepare for it. Um, but I would say, you know, 
this team deserves to win because of senior leadership and the way they've carried themselves throughout throughout the season. And um, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it. I think that your seniors um, will lock into your practices and, and, and your philosophy and your culture. And, you know, seniors, seniors can take you a long way in, in the tournament because juniors come back next year, sophomores come back two more years, freshmen, you know, and so on. You know, they know. You know, it's it's win or go home. And uh, for my guys in the, you know, in the in the past, it's I've had some great practices during during the, the region tournament, the state tournament, because of senior leadership. And I hang my hat on those guys right now. Um, I really talk to to them a lot and 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 we we just discuss, you know, the, the way we want to carry ourselves in practice, uh, games and and the group I have right now, they've been incredible. Yeah, it sounds like you're controlling the controllables, right? That's all you can do at this time of year. Kevin, um, let me ask you a, I got a question. Yeah. Go ahead, Pete. Let me, if you had to hang your hat on three drills, you can't run anything else in practice but three drills and then maybe scrimmage. What would those three drills be? And I want to throw mine out. I think the greatest basketball drill in the world. <laughs> I know I've it tried is. tried to beat <laughs> Kevin over the head just years. It's the four-on-four-on-four on four on four drill. I just call it chaos. Chaos. I think it's the greatest teacher of basketball because it's constant pressure, constant uh, transition, and you have a coach that you've got three teams and you got a person coaching each team, and you keep score. You got winners and losers, but you run your fast break, you you press the whole time, and you run your and one team's running their press break. And I was just wondering if y'all ever run the chaos drill. We found one guy out in California a while back on one of these podcasts, <laughs> and what was the name of the team there? I think it was not Montverde, but uh, one of those big private schools. You know, they're nationally ranked. But anyway, he said that was his favorite drill, and um, I was just wondering what you, if you've ever done that. Well, well, what about your other two, Coach? You only gave us one. Give me two more, because I'm going to put them in. Come on, Pete. Come on. <laughs> well, chaos is the drill. You know, if I could only run one, that would be it. And I'd okay, the rest okay. of the time. Now, uh, okay. I used to right, the I, one. I, I, and, I got uh, you. I, I would th- – uh, and. I'm just going to run the old Sonny Allen five-man break over and over and over. I always use that as a conditioner where mm-hmm. everybody shoots the ball, you know, and then the next team just over and over and over and over. Sure. And uh, that's, that's just the kind of things that I like there. And uh, I like that Arkansas shooting drill, I'll tell you that. Uh, that's really good. Never seen that. I would run that now. Uh, but I'm just uh, – I like progression. You run the progression drill. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say you start out. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I was going to say that um, you know to pick three drills. You know that would. I I think that's probably would be a great way to run practice actually, and just say we're going to run these three drills and the one that you're talking about. You know, the, the kids may may love doing that all season but um 
you know, I, I, I'm big on shooting. So in my practices, we shoot a ton. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, you know, we don't, we don't run so many plays. Okay. We, we're, I'm trying to help these guys uh, learn how to make plays mm -hmm. uh, versus running plays so much. And I think like uh, Pete's uh, philosophy is, is fast paced. And with the four on four, that five on five, you know, obviously there aren't too many plays being being you know, run in, in those drills. But um, yes, answer is yes to progression. You know, I call this drill add one. And I know a lot of people uh, run it uh, progression. Just, you know, everyone's different. Some people run it with two adding two each time up and down the floor. I do one mainly because they get more reps on the floor. It's a, it's a conditioner. So we'll start like, you know, one on two, all right? And uh, shooting a free throw and then we go two on one and then we'll come back two on two and then, you know, three on two and then three on three versus adding two, uh, you know, you're longer on the floor. Whoever goes out there first, you know, is going to be tired at the, at the end of that. And we compete that way. And we may have a blue team or, you know, uh, a white team and, and, a, and a red team. Um, and we may do the best of three series or the best of five series. And, you know, and we're playing until it's five on five and we'll go three trips, five on five. So we'll start off, you know, one on two and then end five on five. So you can do the math on that. Um, so that, that's a great conditioner, like you're saying. I, I do that early on in the season, and uh, but I just call it add one. But I do like a Memphis. Uh, if I had to do like a, a conditioner drill, you said, what's your best conditioner drill? Memphis, because you get so many out of that. And then I, I do like Arkansas shooting, but yeah. we do all kind of different shooting drills and a lot of green light shooting. Um, uh -huh. So, I, it's hard to pick three, but maybe I, hey, I will pick three, and we'll next time we talk, I'll let you know which which three I love the most. <laughs> we'll get you on part two, Scott. Part two of the podcast. To, Go I ahead. I want Pete. you to try the four on four on four with with the little kids. You talk about teaching basketball. That's uh, that's something to watch. I will put that in. You got it. The, the coaches will be hot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, Scott, I, I just want – yeah, that's okay. Pete, I really appreciate it. Um, Scott, before you go, uh, give us give us some resources because I, I, I'm always trying to learn, man. I'm always trying to pick up stuff, and I've already learned <laughs> today tremendous amount of information. Speaker of the house, uh, the clapper, the loudest player. I uh, love the Memphis drill. Matter of fact, I don't know if I'm going to add it in um, this week. Maybe next week I'm going to add that in. I love your feeder program. Um, but add to me, really, really kind of add in, what is the best resource you use? I know I'm a huddle guy. I know I have a lot of uh, pads in practice that I use. What, what are some of your teaching aids and resources you use at Lambert to uh, help your program out? Yeah, we're big with, with Huddle um, as well. Um, you know, some teaching aids that, that we do um, on the court. Um, you know, we've got a dish and a gun. 
Mm -hmm. I love to get up shots. Um, and, and my assistant coaches, everyone, we've, we've got a pack. If, if we're working with um, breakdown with the bigs on one side, uh, guards on the other, you know, every – we have, like, maybe two coaches on the, each group that, you know, just are, you know, with, if the guards are ripping, we're, we're hitting them, making it, making it tough, um, have pads with the bigs. Uh, so those are some things that, that we bring into practice. We also uh, may show, um, you know, some clips of before we hit the floor early on in the season um, of how we want to, you know, run, run our break. Th this is how it needs to be. This is, you know, look at how we did it last year. This is, this is a pass that needs to be made. Um, so we'll bring vid video clips. I don't know if you meant like the huddle at that time during the practice. Yes. Uh, but we actually, yeah, bring it on the court as well. Oh, absolutely. We use huddle at the beginning, middle, end. We show short clips throughout practice because that'll help. I think it helps their learning process. They got to be able to see it and so forth. And then we, we demonstrate it on the court. I think that's all part of really learning, to be honest with you. Um, but, Scott, man, I really appreciate it. Um, I, I tell you what I, I got out of it was, well, I love the win forever slogan. I think that's that's powerful, man. Before you go, talk about the really the importance of that on that and that strong, powerful slogan. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's strong. I mean, it's, it's like what you said about me earlier. You, you're still in a lot of different things. I mean, I obviously didn't make that up. Um, I got that from the uh, Lambert lacrosse, pro I mean, Lambert soccer program here. Um, and, you know, we won a national championship here in, in, in soccer, mm. uh, baseball, lacrosse. Um, so, you know, we've got great, great success and tradition here at Lambert High School. And, you know, that's probably our motto for, for all sports here. So that, you know, that's just not, not my motto. Um, but but I, I think it's a standard uh, here. And, and when I saw it, I was like, that's, that's me, man. That, I love that. Uh, when I drove up here the first day, I saw it on the football field on the, um, for this, this the soccer banner. And I, and I said, that's, that's what it's all about. And uh, I, I just took it and ran with it. And everything we do with our, with our kids, mm -hmm. we come to our summer camp, all of our slogans on the back, it's always win forever, it's win Love. forever. And that's something that we're trying to instill in the players, you know, in kindergarten. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. And, and, and I'm telling you, you're one of, Hey, I just, I just love how you think the game, Scott. I, I love, I just love coaches who really think the game, study the game. Um, and uh, I just want to tell you, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us right now before the region tournament, man, that's pretty impressive. Well, man, I, I really appreciate it. And, and, you know, honestly, this is a tough time to do it, but you know, I, I had to do it for Nikki, you know, I just, she probably, Hey, what do you That's mean right. you're not doing this thing? So, uh, you know, you, you owe it all to her. Um, you, you know, and this is, you do great things, Kevin. Um, you're, you're a basketball junkie, you know, not too many people drive up to the Hoosier clinic and, uh, you know, I was glad to know that you were up there and, and, uh, you know, I'm learning a lot from you as well. So, you know, it's just an honor to be here with you today. And, and, and Pete, he's a legend of the game. And anytime I can talk to him, I'm getting better and growing as a, as a person and a coach. Absolutely, Coach. And what's the best way to get a hold of you? Because 
I know my podcast goes out to a lot of people around the country. What's the best way to get a hold of Scott Bracco? Uh, you know, I know most people are on social media. Um, I, I'm there on social media as well at, uh, at Bracco Boys. And, uh, you know, please reach out to me. If anyone has questions, we, we can connect that way. And I'd be willing to help help you grow. And I, and I hope the same thing. If, you know, there are a lot of guys that, that have been on your podcast that I've learned from as well. Sure. And I appreciate, you know, all those other guys that you've had on as guests. I'm so glad you're part of the Championship Vision family, uh, Coach Bracco. Hey, man, this is awesome. I, I can keep going. I know. I, I, I would keep going, but, you know, you got to get some rest, man. You got to get your practice plan ready. It's, it's only 845. I'm still at the school. It's early. <laughs> commitment. Commitment, man. As you says, man, it's, it's a 24. <laughs> I mean, right. it's, it's, not, it's not easy. It's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, and if you want to be successful, you got to put the time into it. That's so true. Coach P, any final words of wisdom for Scott before he has to go? I'm glad that you asked me that. I, I was kind of thinking about whether I should share this or not, but it's a foundational thing that I, I kind of stumbled across a years ago. And it's about basketball, but it's what, what are we really doing for the kids? And I've always said it's about empowerment, power, P-O-W-E-R. It means the mastery of people skills. Hmm. Basketball is supposed to teach that. Not just knowing people skills, but the mastery, the mastery of organizational skills, the O. The W for wisdom. Wisdom is not knowledge. You have to have knowledge to gain wisdom. But wisdom is knowing what to do, when to do it, where to do it, who to do it with, and how to do it. And the E is for enthusiasm. You have to teach enthusiasm, whether it's low key or high key. And the last is restraint, the power of restraint, but mastering all five of those things. And I bring those up in every practice. I grade people on their mastery of people skills, organizational skills, wisdom, enthusiasm, and restraint. And if you don't have all five of those, they're like a barrel with one slat out. So you lose all the water, every bit of it. But uh, that's what I think. If you're not teaching kids power or empowerment where they can take it out into the world with them, we might as well not be playing this game. That's all that I would say to you on that. Just people skills, organizational skills, wisdom, enthusiasm, and the last one, restraint. <laughs> hey, I, awesome. It always leaves great wisdom, man. I'm telling you, man. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. That, that was powerful, Coach. Hey, Scott, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Coach Pete, thanks again for sharing. Hey, uh, good luck all in the right. tournament, and uh, let's keep in touch, all right? Absolutely. Hey, good luck to you guys as well. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you guys. This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live Software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail.
Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential. Take care. Thank you. Coaches, this is Coach Kevin Furtado. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to my podcast. I know there's a lot of great podcasts out there. Thank you for tuning in. I'd like to thank our sponsor, The Gun from Shootaway. Uh, they've been very loyal to my podcast. I'd like to share you about share with you about the new 12K gun just coming out. Matter of fact, I just sold a gun, 12K gun, recently to Westminster Christian in Watkinsville, Georgia. Um, and this is a brand new machine. They, uh, recently, the, the everybody, a lot of people have the 10K or the 8K, uh, but the 12K is unbelievable. Let's talk about the features. First of all, the floor is yours. With over 200 programmable locations, you can touch any spot on the floor to shoot from or drag and drop a ball to change a location. Real-time analytics. Track twos, threes, and free throws within the same workout. Report statistics in real time on the touchscreen and front scoreboard. Also has a touchscreen. Allows players to touch the spots where they want to receive the pass and start shooting in a matter of seconds. Makes in a row counter. Program shooting workouts demand so many makes in a row before the gun will move to another area. I really like that feature. Made at a spot. Require made shots at a spot before going to the next spot. What are some standards? On-demand workout. Shootaway trainers demonstrate shooting drills right on the screen, and the gun will automatically program itself. Makes required mode. To challenge the best shooters, this will require shots to be made at a specific location before moving to the next spot. This allows you to focus on a successful repetition versus just getting 500 shots in. Increase arch. Increase players' arch to 45 degrees and get a 44% increase in target size. Countdown bar lets the players know when the next ball is going to be fired. Fire up to 1,800 shots per hour. Collection net, industry's only handmade netting that is strong and transparent. Adjust from 11 to 14 feet to force players to shoot with the right amount of arch from shooting spot. Easy setup and takedown. Set up in 25 seconds and takedown in 15. One piece construction. Rolls through any standard doorway. Wireless remote. Start or stop the gun from firing anytime. Control time between passing, allowing you to change a drill. Manually fire balls with a push of a button, making it easier to teach correct shooting form. Coaches, this is just a few of the features of the 12K gun. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast if you are interested in purchasing a new 12k gun contact me at 478-461-4403 or furtadok57 at gmail.com i will get you a really a discounted price right now the best time to get a 12k is right now so contact me immediately and i will set you up and get that gun ordered for your program get your players shooting like crazy All right, so coaches, thank you for listening to the podcast and stay tuned for the next one.